Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Sometimes you just need time to yourself, even when you're in the best of company. In this episode of the Multiverse Blues, Jules takes a break from the Crew of Hope's tour, venturing out to explore Delta Earth alone. Unexpected company has a way of turning up at the strangest of times, which is why Jules finds themselves visiting with someone from their past, and then someone very familiar indeed. Will the call of even more adventure be too much for Jules? Listen to this episode to find out. The Multiverse Blues, Chapter 11, Honeymoon Blues I sat, facing my ex-boyfriend across the table, the remaining half of a steaming Chicago deep-dish pizza between us. Patrick, I know what I did was shitty, running away like that, leaving her at the altar. Did you have to travel between worlds and track me down just to tell me what I already know? I mean, hello, I ran away for a reason. He carved out two more thick slices of the pie and placed them on plates in front of each of us. No, I didn't have to. Sam's a wreck, though, and her dad's apoplectic. They've been screaming at me for explanations, demanding I tell them where you went, why you left. My mind wandered back to the day I left, back to the hour beforehand. Lost in thought, I stared at the massive slice of pizza in front of me to avoid meeting Patrick's eyes. Look, it wasn't just cold feet. It was about respecting myself. Maybe it was because he had a mouthful of pizza, but for once, Patrick just listened to me. I sighed. On the day of the wedding, while I was getting ready, just before the cat showed up, I heard William's voice in the hallway. Mr. Edgewood was having a fit. He said, he said some ugly things. Patrick, I admit it, I did have some doubts about getting married to Sam. But you know I loved her, and she loved me, but come on. She's her money, the daughter of a tycoon and a socialite. I'm a bartender, a stagehand, an Uber driver. I'm non-binary and queer. How do I even fit into their upper-crust world? Patrick touched my hand and said, Sam didn't care about any of that. She loved you, blue hair, they-them pronouns and all. I shook my head, but let his hand lay across my balled-up fist. Patrick, her dad said something to Sam that just tore it for me. They were out in the hallway. I don't think they knew I was in my dressing room at the time. No way Sam would have chanced us seeing each other before the ceremony. Anyway, my father-in-law-to-be, he said, I don't care if my daughter is marrying a man or a woman, but for God's sake, I wish it would make up its mind, which it is. Patrick gasped. Shit, he really called you it? I looked up at him and nodded. You know I don't care about pronouns all that much. I waved a hand back and forth. He, she, they, it's all the same to me. I don't care about that. Gender doesn't apply to me. But it? That's dehumanizing. Yeah, I get that. Really crappy of the old guy to say something like that. But couldn't you have hashed that out with him after the wedding? It wasn't only that, Patrick, I sighed. And it wasn't just my fears about not being good enough for her family either. No, sweetie, the worst part was Sam. She didn't defend me. All she said was, Well, Jules is just different, Daddy. She could have told him not to expect me to be a man or a woman for him. She could have been upset at him calling me it. But she didn't, and she wasn't. She took the easy route of trying to placate him on our wedding day. And my future rolled out before me. 
knowing my partner would never back me up. I just can't be with someone who won't stand up for me, and I can't be a part of a family that has no respect for me. Does that make sense? He shrugged. So when a cat came along and stole the ring, you took that as your ticket out? The room blurred and I wiped at my eyes. I didn't know what else to do. Maybe I should have told Sam, but you know her. She'd have insisted we go through with it and talk about it later. It was a coward's way out, but it was the only way out. Hey, hey, it's okay. I'm on your side, Jules. I'm always on your side. You know that. I met his eyes. I know you are, and it's not really about sides anyway. It's about respect and about compatibility. He nodded. So, um, how's the new gig going? I smiled and shrugged. They're great people. Hope herself is dazzling, alien, kind, and beautiful. I fit in with the crew surprisingly well. Maybe even too well. He looked around us. So where are they, then? I'd love to meet them. I bit my lip and cast my eyes downward. I, well, as nice as they've been, it's still an adjustment. And you know me, I need my alone time. My me time. Though I couldn't see his gaze, I knew Patrick stared at me critically. Uh-huh. You do. But that's not the whole story. I didn't get a ticket to another world just to be fed bullshit by my favorite ex, Jules. Come on. Don't you trust me? Damn him. He knows me too well. Feelings from earlier this morning still tangled up in my heart. I absolutely did not want to talk about it with my ex right at this moment. But knowing Patrick, he'd poke at me and pick at it and leave me a mess if I let him. I needed some air, and I needed to change the subject. I met his eyes as I wadded up my napkin and stood. I have to go to the restroom. I'll be back in a minute. Hey, Jules, he began. I turned and strode away from him toward the facilities before he could stop me. As I approached the restrooms, I was forced into an annoying choice. There was only a men's room and a women's room, of course. So after the treatment I'd had in Gamma, and given that I wore a dress today and hadn't seen any men in skirts or dresses on Delta so far, I chose the women's room for my own safety. The restroom turned out to be empty to my relief. I took care of some biological business and then proceeded to wash my hands and face. As I dried my face with paper towels and considered whether I wanted to apply some makeup, the strangest thing happened. I saw two of me in the mirror, one wearing different clothing than me, a deep purple jumpsuit that gathered at the wrists and ankles and plunged at the neckline. The other jewels wore their specks up on top of their head. They smiled at me with lips that matched their freshly dyed blue hair. Their haircut matched mine exactly. I whirled to face them. What? How did you... They held a finger to their lips and said, Keep it low and hold your questions. We don't have much time. We need to switch clothes and specs, and we have to do it in the next minute or so, or they'll know I'm up to something. I mean, if another you told you something, would you believe them? I said, Why should I do that? I don't even know you. They smiled a smile I'd only seen on me in candid photos. Of course you do. I'm you, or at least the next best thing. And if you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? Look, we have no time, and I want you to see something, but you can only see it if they think I'm you. I crossed my arms in front of me. Still not selling it, not even with that pretty face. They chuckled. Okay, let's put it this way. Know how people keep attacking Hope's tour? Want to know why? I nodded. 
As it happens, another one of me, of us, was involved in one of those attacks. So tell me what you know, right now. They scowled and shook their head. No, you have to see it to understand. You have to be me for an hour or so. Hope's in terrible danger, and so is her crew. You know that. You have to know more if you want to keep them all safe. I took in a deep breath and let it out in a gust. Do you know anything about that other me? The one from Ox? Their eyebrows bunched up together. A jewels from Ox? No, I don't know anything about them. Ah, they said them, not her. A good sign, unless this Jules was a much better actor than I am. I'd like to think I could tell if another me was lying to me, if we're essentially the same person at some level. I considered. Patrick would know something's up. The other Jules grinned. Patrick won't know I'm not you. I've got a Patrick of my own. He's one of my spouses. Let's say I know him pretty well. Come on, just give me an hour. What have you got to lose? If it doesn't work out, just go back to Hope's tour and get a new pair of specs. On the one hand, it did not seem like a good choice to do as this other me asked. The last me I'd encountered chased my friends around in a walking war machine, firing bolts of energy at them. I had no reason whatsoever to trust them. On the other, well, something needed to be done about the attacks. And if I could get some information about what lay behind them, maybe I could help stop them from happening or help keep my new friends safe. I sighed and put my specs on the counter. Fine. It'll be an adventure. Another adventure. But if there's a chance of protecting Hope, I'll take it. They gave me a big grin, and I started to wriggle my way out of my magenta dress. In moments, we wore each other's clothing and specs. The jumpsuit felt as light and breezy as parachute cloth, but didn't cling to my skin. My doubled offered a hand, and I shook it. It was the strangest sensation, and to be honest, the room spun around me a little as we did this. Now I'm going to lead Patrick off. You stay in here another couple of minutes, then follow the map on your specs to what I need you to see. I watched them slip out of the restroom without another word. A minute or so after the other jewels left, a woman and her daughter entered the restroom, finding me just standing there, staring at the door. Are you all right? asked the woman, lifting her specs to peer at me with concern. Her daughter looked at me with wide eyes. I... I think so. The little girl said, You look like you've seen a ghost. I laughed. Maybe I have. Thanks for your concern, but I have to go. I left the restroom and peered in the direction I'd come, but neither Patrick nor my double were anywhere in sight. I pulled my specs down over my eyes and found that my twin had a far richer virtual world than I had. The virtual handle above me said J. Martin. In addition to the mall complex's virtual decorations, one corner of my vision contained a thumbnail map and a route traced in yellow upon it. On the ground in front of me, a matching yellow line ran from my feet down the corridor and around a corner. I laughed out loud. Follow the yellow brick road, I sang to myself as I took a breath and proceeded on down the glowing line toward my unknown destination. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. 
I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at EC Garrison on Twitter, E. Chris Garrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Goatee. It's Kevin Israel. And you're listening to Gutting the Sacred Cow on the Project Entertainment Network. Hey Kevin, what exactly is Gutting the Sacred Cow? Gutting the Sacred Cow is a podcast where we invite comedians and talented people every episode to come on and trash a movie that you probably love or someone you know loves. That's right. We've trashed, but we, our guests, have trashed such films as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Gone with the Wind, Grease, even Star Wars. Can you imagine the balls on that guy? Did he succeed? I cannot. Yeah. Well, listen, and you'll find out. But this is Kevin Goatee and Kevin Israel for Gutting the Sacred Cow. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.